Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. So she's got a stand-up special on Netflix. It's called The Lineup. They are quarter hours. But you have specials. seen it, you said. I've seen it. It's very funny. Uh, you also wrote for Crowded, The Mayor, Powerless. I just wrote on Search Party too. Oh, congrats! Which I love. Uh, the third season. It's on TV. Congratulations! TBS. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. My guest is Sabrina Jolie. I've secretly been listening to this podcast, sitting on the sidelines, just waiting to be asked to dance. Really? So, yeah. So I'm so, when you said yes, I was so excited because I think you might be my first lesbian. Is that really? a weird thing to say? First, no. I mean, it's a weird thing to have happen. I feel like you know lesbians, or maybe I you do. don't. Am I your favorite lesbian? You're my absolute favorite lesbian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a personal question? Uh-huh. When did you come out? I came out, um, I was 18 when I first fell in love mm -hmm. with one of the drivers at the Just for Laughs Festival. Oh. And it was a woman, and I thought, like, okay, this will be, like, a quick phase where I, mm -hmm. like, do dikey stuff for a quick minute. <laughs> and then my pattern with boys was, like, I've got a crush on Michael. And then Michael would have a crush on me, and I'd be like, get the fuck away from me, Michael. <laughs> Your dirty poo dick. Dirty um, he didn't even have a poo dick. Uh, but he, but um, then when I fell in love, it, I just fell like further and further and further in love. And then I had to start coming out to people. So I guess around like 18 and a half, like six months into that secret Montreal relationship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, between the ages of 18 to 20, I think I was around, tw no, I was like 19 when I came out to my parents. Mm. That's so young. Was it hard? Um, for sure, because especially like things have changed so much where there's like pop stars named Haley Kiyoko who are like <laughs> so cute and fun and like, I'm gay, who cares? And it's mm -hmm. like not a big deal. But back, I guess, you know, I'm 33 now. So it was just like 50, what, how long is 18 plus? Yeah, 15 mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um, 
just the vibe is like it's it's like not fun to be different when you're younger. When you're younger, mm-hmm. you're just like learning how to like fit in. Um, and a big part of that is like being some version of normal. Mm-hmm. And I always considered myself some version of normal. So it was hard for me to realize that I was like this different thing that was perceived as like other and perverse and like all the different like cat lady mm-hmm. and like the word lesbian is like not like a it's never it hasn't been like associated with like sex it's like mm-hmm. les molesty mm. librarian library it's like not <laughs> um but but it's like wow what a difference growing up makes mm-hmm. and like looking back and realizing like oh it's such a lucky thing I feel, I mean, like, for uh, just to now uh, retap the thesis of the podcast, the like, why won't you date me? I feel like we've talked about this, but if mm-hmm. you did date women, and I know that you say that you have dated women, but like, there's. I've just, fucked women. I've never dated, never dated a woman, women. but I absolutely yes. would. Yes. I feel like the market is different for women. Although, when you're single and you're a woman and you date women, then you're like, it, it feels like you're shopping at like, a boutique inside of a boutique. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like harder to find women. But at the same time, when I hear my straight girlfriends talking about like the market, it seems like just a crazy star- stock market where like Bitcoin ladies are being traded <laughs> for like just like poo butts. <laughs> Bitcoin valued ladies for like just weird dollar stocks. I mean, I do whenever I talk to a man who is a stranger and I don't know him. I'm always like, I feel like I am lowering my standards. And then when I meet up, you're also like so (sighs) successful and bright, shiny star that it does become, I think that it just, it, the, the, like the shinier you are, the harder it is for Mm -hmm. sure. You, how long have you been with your wife? For like nine years. Over nine years, yeah. Where did you find her? I found her um, at a bar in San Francisco. I was doing shows there, uh. and I was, like, brokenhearted. And sometimes, like, you know, going back to the thing of feeling like when you're single, you're never going to find someone. I had been, like, brokenhearted. I had been in a serious relationship but moved to New York and was, like, alone and had no friends there and was, like, just sort of, like, rebuilding in all of these ways. And I was in San Francisco for shows, and I was at this bar at this gay party called Brownies for Bitches. <laughs> and uh, and I like took a sip of my gin and tonic and I looked at my friend Boyana and I was like, I'm never, no, this is the odor. I looked at my friend Boyana and I was like, I'm never going to be attracted to anyone ever again. And then I took a sip of my gin and tonic and my gin and tonic was like a magic fairy and I looked up and Shauna was dancing uh. and she had these tattoos and she was just like in her, she was dancing by herself but mm-hmm. like she was, you know, she was the coolest party. I wanted to like get invited and I was just standing on the sideline. I mean, I guess I just describe everything with sidelines and dancing mm-hmm. <laughs> but she she was dancing and I was wanting to like be in there with her. I wanted to marry her I like really did I really was like and that was like the joke with me about her from the beginning and our joke kind of from the beginning anyway I tried to talk to her all night 
I sat beside her. She it was Blackberry days. She was BBMing, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I have a Blackberry too. We could BBM." Um, I miss BBM. Uh, yeah, those little. But now the, I think the equivalent is like iPhone to iPhone. That mm-hmm. that yeah, sweet sweet glue to blue. Mm-hmm. That was strange. Like that. I think that like speaks to how tribal we can be as people. That like when a text pops up green, green it's like, like okay, I guess we won't be friends. But gross. it's like no unlimited text messaging for everyone. Mm-hmm. But like what uh, strange. Anyway, so. BBM to BBM, trying to get her BBM QR code or whatever it was, mm-hmm. or just trying to talk to her. And but it was like that. I knew that the stakes were so high. Like I knew that she was so cool. I knew that like whatever it was that I said to her had to be like cool. And mm-hmm. so I didn't say anything. And then <laughs> it was like closing time almost, and she was smoking outside, and I didn't smoke, but I borrowed a cigarette from a friend and went outside and was like, never lied. And then her, like, butch friend lit my cigarette, (laughs) which was so infuriating Mm -hmm. because two bitches don't make a right. Just kidding. That's so basic. And probably in the future, future, all the butches make all the rights. But I obviously wanted that sweet, You wanted someone who was on the femme side. Yeah. Well, I wanted Shauna. Do you consider yourself butch? I mean, butcher than femme, for sure. I don't consider myself, like, I, this, this is the thing. We only have, like, such a limited amount of words, yeah. you know? And, like, butch, no, I don't think I would describe myself as, like, butch, but I'm on mm-hmm. the butcher side of femme. Yeah, I think if someone was, like, how do you, Sabrina, who's Sabrina? I'm, like, oh, Sabrina, she's got dark hair, she's, like, a soft femme. I think that's soft femme. Yeah, soft butch. No, soft, soft femme. femme is like femme is like feminine, and then adding a soft. I think you're feminine. Really? But like, yes, I don't think you're super feminine. Oh, but I you think mean soft femme? Because like, I would say soft butch because it's like oh. soft on the butch. Oh, but keep on describing me as soft femme. <laughs> I could be a leading lady in a major movie. I think you could. Soft femme. Yeah. Soft femme starring Sabrina Jolie. Maybe I don't Sabrina understand Jones. identifying for lesbians. I get gays. Uh, bear, <laughs> cub, otter, twink. I get all those. I mean, I don't understand either. It's all weird words. It and is weird terminology. It's I weird guess. terminology and people are so complex and like, like it is, it's strange to, like I used to always be like, I'm a tomboy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that felt like a weird like cat. Or something mm-hmm. like it's like that never felt really like me. I'm just me. Yeah, yeah uh, tomboy is such a word. Where did tomboy come from? I don't tomboy's know. Tomboy is a very strange word. I think it actually maybe was designed to make girls not want to be it because it's like you can't uh, be a girl that plays sport. You can't be like mm-hmm. a sporty girl. You turn into a tomboy. Yeah. Yeah. I, ugh. I get so upset that we label kids. So oh, you want to throw a ball, girl? Okay, well, you're trans. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. It's just I think uh, I'm so happy. You were just saying that we label kids so early. So early. I feel like uh, I'm happy that we are hopefully. I mean, I guess in the cities that we've lived in, mm-hmm. um, but like hopefully the trend is moving towards like just being who you want to be. Like, I think future, future, I think that, like, we've had to put these labels on things. Like, we've had to be, like, gay and straight. And I touch on it in this special in the lineup on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Streaming now. But, like, the idea of sexual fluidity um, 
I think it's like it seems so crazy to people where it's like, all right, everything's fluid. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it just is what it is. It's like everyone does have a certain amount in their nature that would predispose them to be drawn mm-hmm. to certain types of people. Sometimes those types of people, those qualities are women. Sometimes they're men. I think that when there's not as much of a hurdle, like when I was 18 and I was like, oh, my God, well, what am I, a lesbian? Mm-hmm. Like having to go through all that um, before kissing a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, when we like let go of all that, we're actually a lot more fluid. And even for me in terms of like men, I think that I have had to sort of be like, well, I'm a, I'm a lesbian. Not had to, but like... I feel like I'm not explaining it as good as I do in the special, but basically that... Well, that's good because if people people have questions, they can head over to Netflix, netflix netflix.com. Netflix.com. Use a friend's Um, login or use your own and go to the lineup. Like uh, like everybody has... uh, This is maybe not the best example because depression is classified as like bad, bad, bad. But like some people are like diagnosably like they are depressed Mm -hmm. but everybody knows what it's like to to feel depressed to be depressed and some people are like I mean similarly like you would classify them as like oh she's a happy girl she's always happy but (laughs) we all know what it you know I think that's an interesting way to put sexuality because it's like you know what love is and you fall in love with someone yeah and you know what that feels like but then maybe you fall in love with someone a gender, a different, like a different harder? gender, and it's not. I think in the future, it's like not going to be as uh, jarring mm-hmm. of like I'm dating, even for someone like me who like you know I truly would be. I, I've like held a stripper's dick and been into it, <laughs> and with that, the power dynamic was like I there was no pressure on me to do anything, mm-hmm. so I could actually just enjoy this moment, um, and like a beautiful, yeah, like a beautiful guy a really charming confident like successful dude Mm -hmm. like yeah i'd I'd be totally into kissing that dude Mm -hmm. um i think the future 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 would be like actually completely letting go of all of it and and someone who's usually dates a woman it wouldn't be like so crazy for them Mm -hmm. to have an experience with a man it's interesting because we're we are so tribal we're so blue text green text that we like want to understand and mm-hmm. identify with and we've got teams and and like label things and yeah like we have an obsession with understanding things yes like people are like i don't understand why you want to do this and and it's like i think what really you mean is you don't understand whether you would want to do yes. it or not mm-hmm. um or and if if the answer is no you wouldn't want to do it, then you can't stand that I that would want to do it. somebody else wants to and do it. And if the answer, usually, if you're really upset about mm-hmm. something, if the answer is more like, mm, I'm unsure about how this would fit into my life, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not brave enough to try it. Mm-hmm. I actually feel, I, I've like kind of explored this on stage, but I like want to go deeper than just like the punchline of of being like, polyamory to me sometimes I feel the way like the Westboro Baptist Church feels (laughs) about gay people Mm -hmm. where it's like not in my town faggot and it's Mm -hmm. like why why do I feel that way and the answer is because I'm scared because I'm scared that if I opened up my relationship Mm -hmm. that like you would lose your relationship yeah Benicio Del Toro would show up with a horse my wife would hop on (laughs) and I'd never see her again and that's not even her top pick so that would be double who's her top pick um, probably Charlie Hunan from Sons he of Anarchy. Yeah, very, he would show very up. Very handsome. Who's your top pick? 
I love Drake and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm. Oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Je- Jennifer Love Hewitt is like throwback. total nostalgia, but like it was just, it was my childhood of, uh, I had a party of five corner in my room, but it was all just <laughs> pictures of Jennifer Love Hewitt. I loved Vin Diesel growing up and really? I would cut out pictures of his bald head and just tape it to my wall. I loved Vin he Diesel. He definitely see that's a t- like that's like you're going to be more straight if you are out of the gates like Vin loved but I liked Vin Diesel because I felt like he had a soft side that he was hiding. Yeah. And he has since I revealed love- it, you know, karaokeing to Rihanna. Have you seen that video? No. He's singing some Rihanna song or Rihanna song very poorly. And it's a real delight to watch. All right. I'll look it up. I do love like tough men being soft for mm-hmm. sure. That is like in terms of porn, that's like definitely my mm-hmm. if I'm like gonna I don't watch a ton of porn, but um thanks for asking. Serena, I, do you watch a ton of porn? <laughs> Not a lot. But when I do, I do like the like uh straight tough straight guy mm. like turning mm. i like the like hey yeah i'm here for the moving job and the guy being like well move this dick and he's like oh okay. or it's actually more no the way it goes is like yeah move those pants off of your body and then he sucks the guy's dick and the guy's like oh no this is better than i thought so you like gay porn yeah i enjoy gay porn as well i also like just i like porn i think i like porn and I don't use it to masturbate ever. Uh-huh. I like porn because it's a secret. I shouldn't be seeing these people have yes, sex. Yeah. And I feel Wait, like. you never get moved to no, masturbation? Never. Do you don't masturbate a lot then? No, I masturbate all the time. What? I don't masturbate ever, but then if I do watch porn, then I will. No, I watch it specifically because it feels. I feel like a peeping Tom. I'm like, oh, yeah. I shouldn't be seeing this. I love it. It's yeah. like crazy. And then there should be porn... like other kinds of porn, just like tapping into that area where you're like listening to someone like talk about the bad parts of their relationship, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but through a little hole in the wall. I would listen to. I would That's definitely actually, watch that in the future. Okay, let's make a pact. Okay. When virtual reality hits a point when it takes over. and our careers are at a point where we both have production companies, yes. let's merge our production companies okay. to make a virtual reality project mm-hmm. where we walk down a hallway mm. and you like see, it's called Peeping, Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. You can peep in on peeping relationships. Peeping Tom brackets going, boys. Going awry or relationships going well. Yeah, it's like every, it's like, it's like your fantasy of who you'd be sitting next to while you're having a boring date and you just like mm-hmm. listen to someone else's date. Have you ever been to Mastro's? No. It's a steak restaurant in Beverly Hills. I've heard Hills. that it's so good, delicious. It's pretty delicious, but my favorite thing about it is a lot of sex workers bring their Johns there and you get to hear the wildest conversations. Like, can I have two lobsters? Yeah. Okay. I had two lobsters. <laughs> How was your day today? Um I like in well, my <laughs> mm, I like, like that character being the John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the John's like, I'm gonna have two lobsters. My you fantasy can't have shit. <laughs> but I like listening to those conversations because it's so stilted and awkward and it brings me joy to my little life. So nine years is a long time to be with somebody. Yeah. So you completely missed dating apps. I completely missed dating apps. Yeah. I mean, Um, you're lucky. 
I it seems fun. No. Right? No. 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 When you're like, I don't go out to bars often enough because I work a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then I just, I'm tired and yeah. I don't want to get a group together to go. And a lot of my friends are in relationships and I don't want to be the third wheel. So the love in my life is solely in this app. It's, it feels hopeless. Oh, I want to find your love so badly. I would love I feel to like find my love. I feel like it is the, I feel like, well, this has probably been talked about a lot on your podcast, but sure. like strong, funny women. Yes. Like what is the good other half for a strong, funny woman? It's going to be like a fucking cool, confident, down person. I feel, this is why I think like queer world for whenever my friends have been single for a long time mm-hmm. is like, I feel like often women in straight, in the straight world. And this is also just like two dimensionalizing the straight world. But like, that there is the tendency for like it to just be like a certain type of women that is appealing in that world. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes, when it's like it, it, when you come out of the closet, there's this thing that happens where it's like you were letting go of all of what was assumed for what your love mm-hmm. situation would be. So like just there's more interesting uh it, more interesting types and more diverse types become like the power, like the like, oh, I gotta fuck her. Maybe I'll go. I used to go to this lesbian bar in New York, which was fun. It was called Nation. And then on Thursdays, it became Girl Nation. <laughs> and it was fun and nice. But then, like, I don't know, because it was like a club club. I feel like it's hard to connect with someone at a club club. Totally. But Maybe... you just text after. Maybe I'll That's find, what happened. Like, so with Shauna, was mm-hmm. the other girl lit the cigarette. I was like, scram. And then <laughs> she, no, actually, I was like, I'm doing jokes for you. You're laughing. Shauna's noticing that you're laughing and maybe mm-hmm. laughing a little bit too. And before I left, I handed her my business card. So cheesy. Yes! And I was like, I've been trying to tell you all night. Um, I think you're so cute. And I'm only here for like one more day. So if you're around tomorrow, let me know. Then did you hang out the next day? Then the next day, she texted me that night, but I mm-hmm. was, because of the time difference, sleeping, and then I woke up, got her text from the night before, and her text was like, hey, little cutie, like, might be down for tomorrow, text me. And I woke up at 7.30 and was like, ah! And then I waited an hour to, like, play it cool and texted her at 8.30 in the mm-hmm. morning and was like, <laughs> I'm staying at this hotel, please uh, come, bring your bathing suit, there's a pool, uh, I'm around, just let me know! And then I didn't hear from her till like, 4 p.m. Uh-huh. Which was excruciating. Mm-hmm. And then finally we started texting, had some jokey texts Did happening. Did she come over and go swimming at your pool in the hotel? No, she didn't. Oh. I really thought because she had tattoos that we would be doing so much sex <laughs> immediately. <laughs> but she, but we ended up, so she, we ended up meeting that night and she was just so cute and we like kissed almost immediately. Uh. And it was like just very, very sweet, fun time. And then it was just like I was constantly going to San Francisco. She moved to New York six months later. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So wait, so you went to, wait, sorry. I was like, I, so I was doing a lot of colleges. Yes. Did you do a lot of colleges? Yes. Isn't it the worst? I still it's do like colleges. It's like so nice. Somet- it's nice it's, to do them sometimes. And I'll it's the worst this. to do it too much. Colleges is how I got good at stand-up. Oh, interesting. Because, well, at first it was like, I was on Girl Code, so they were like, yeah, anything you 
say, we will laugh. <laughs> and then after like a year or two of that, they started getting honest because they were like, oh, we don't watch Girl Code anymore. Yeah. But we like remember you from Girl Code. Yeah. And they'd be like, huh. And that was kind of funny. And would be like, oh, shit, that isn't a good joke. Let me lose that. Let me try this. Let me lose that. And then um, it helped when, to get booked at shows in L.A. Yeah. Because people knew me from Girl Code. Uh, some people didn't think some of us were great stand-ups or whatever. So, like, it was hard to get booked sometimes. And uh, it was an uphill battle. And I had I spent a lot of time, like, proving myself uh and then also so like doing colleges i had to do like a half hour when i was co-headlining yeah and when i first started i didn't have a half hour oh yeah so then i was like changing character bits into trying to change them into joke bits and just trying to cobble together like something cohesive so then i realized after touring for like a year i was like i really only have 10 minutes of material that's good (laughs) So then I spent a lot of time in L.A. doing five minutes of good material, five minutes of like, will this work? In that order? No. Yeah. Pat it. Pat it. Like uh, a sandwich. Two, two and a half up top that are solid. Yeah. Five that are shit, two and a half that are solid. Yeah. Uh, And then like looking back and I recorded every set. Uh So like, Did you listen to every set? Yeah. Oh my God. You're so good. Every show I would listen to every set. And then be like, what worked, what didn't work is also like I improvise. So then sometimes I would improvise like a new tag and I'd be like, oh, okay, that works. Do it again and be like, nope, that was just like in the moment. Uh-huh. But then bring it back again like a month later and be like, oh, no, it does work. It The way I do stand up is a very convoluted roundabout way that takes a long time. Yeah, but, well, I think everybody does it in different ways, but it's kind of, I think, I guess, similarly, it's like, yeah, you have the stuff that works, and mm-hmm. then you try the stuff that does or doesn't, and then hopefully uh, the hopefully. stuff that works pile gets bigger. Yeah. I remember when I was first getting booked for, like, half hours, mm-hmm. I also was like, D- I don't have it, mm-hmm. and my trick was uh, to record on a cassette tape um, my, like, inner monologue Mm -hmm. and I would do like 10 minutes of like an inner monologue Ah. of like like so I could read it so I didn't have to memorize it Uh uh-huh uh but then not everybody had a cassette tape (laughs) (laughs) and then I'd be fixed I love that it was on a cassette tape (laughs) I started in the 60s (laughs) I started when I was 16 you started doing stand-up when you were 16 yeah that's wild. How did you know that that's what you wanted to do? I just like was going to comedy shows and sitting in the front so that I could get attention. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I could just be on the stage. Perfect. <laughs> so I went to an amateur night. And then, yeah, then it, it, like from the first time I did it, I was like, oh, well, this is what I want to be doing. That's I love that. I remember in high school is the first time I like performed in front of an audience. Yeah. Like doing a comedic part. Well, you were doing stand up. What? You were doing stand up. I was doing a play. Oh, okay, I get it. You weren't doing stand-up. No. <laughs> Let me correct you. You Wait. were doing stand-up, babe. And I was like, was I? Well, I guess the play has jokes. Like, I was picturing what I was doing, because c- I was doing mm-hmm. assemblies, doing like a little chat between, oh. you yeah, were doing a play. a play. But that first laugh I got, I was like, oh, I want to feel this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I want people to laugh and feel for the rest of my life. Uh, you're 15. You do a good job of mixing poignant stuff with very funny stuff did you what was that like 
I don't know. That's a weird uh, question. No, I just like a compliment. I'll I'll uh, take it <laughs> and I'll keep it going by saying it was so much fun to tape it. Um, and I always, or I feel like in my stand-up journey, like when I started uh, at 16, it was like the year of 9-11. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, or it was January after, it was 2002. And it was like this weird time. My dad is, uh, Pakistani and my whole family on that side is is Muslim, so it was a very strange time because I'm half Swiss, so I don't look Pakistani, and people were like saying weird shit, um, and it was it kind of it informed what the, the material I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was very racial and very a lot of impressions of my dad, and it was. F- in that time, it was r- true to me. It was what I wanted to be talking about on stage, but at the same time, it's like I think that the journey as a a comic is a lot like your journey in terms of coming out and being yourself mm-hmm. is just like getting closer and closer to who it is you actually are and talking about the things that you actually care to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I was, yeah, I feel like happy that the 15 came around when it did because I, 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 um, my wife was super pregnant. We were moving. Mm-hmm. I was writing on a show at the time and 15 minutes was like the perfect amount of time mm-hmm. uh, uh, to do stuff that I actually cared about and not have to like pad it with, with stuff that, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Where did you moved? I moved, yeah. Did you buy another house? I did. Look at you. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy you bought a house. Yeah. Yes. When did you buy it? Uh, it'll be a year in August. Yes. Uh, being a homeowner is the wildest thing so in the cool. world. So Someone fun. Someone stole a bush out of my front yard the other day. <laughs> and I like was walking my dogs, looked up, and was just like, who does that? Who, they <laughs> cut it at the fucking base. They cut it at the base? Yes. And it, I don't... I just don't understand why. So you now you've got to have to you have to figure out how to protect your fortress. Yeah, like what do you do? Put up like a fucking like gate? No, I don't want. I don't know. I don't know. People are just, I guess, are going to continue to steal my bushes. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty. <laughs> it was like yeah, pretty, you got pretty bushes. You got to protect flowers. Them. And someone's like, "Those are my pink flowers now," which is just so rude. Someone popped into our backyard and threatened to kill us. So, Wait, what? Yeah, it's a great neighborhood Mm -hmm. and she was on drugs and Ah. she had been in our neighbor she had like snuck into our neighbor's yard and then jumped over we built a tree house Uh and she jumped that he had was like storing ladders right like basically like it was a perfect like not stoned Uh she was high on something but like it was like the best video game for her of like I climb the ladder I stand on the treehouse and then I was freaked out or our baby was in the backyard and oh I was like no. ah, excuse me no and she was like I just want to climb this tree and I said definitely no and probably in my uh, harder butch voice that made her feel like <laughs> she, yeah she then was like fuck you I'm oh, kill no. you so then we um, had to we built like a cage around the treehouse and we built like our fence a little bit higher drugs are great Drugs are super People great. Will give up their whole but lives the ones to that get make, in someone's backyard yeah. and climb a tree. Yeah, and I totally, I feel like I haven't been on that drug, but I like get it. Like mm-hmm. you just want to get higher physically as uh-huh. well. Sabrina, we got to take a break. We do. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that. 
everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's 
tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Oh my it was God. a very quick break. What a dang treat for I you. I took a swim. I, I swam 30 laps. Took a little dip. You look exhausted. Thank you. Um, can we go back to being you're half um, Pakistani, Pakistani, half Swedish, Swish, 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 <laughs> Swish, bitch. Ooh! We can call the mix. So you're swish. half Katy Perry. I'm Swish. Half is a cool thing to say. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because I, when I first met you, I think I thought I knew you were a brown. But I didn't know what kind of brown it was. And I don't think people's first intuition is to say, oh, Pakistani. Yeah, um, for sure. So Secret. you, after 9-11, heard people saying shit about people. Well, yeah. It was like uh, a time where, you know when SARS was happening and like no one would sit next to Asian people on the yes. bus? It's like a time where something really scary happens mm-hmm. and then like the finger gets pointed to a just general direction mm-hmm. of like that shade of person and it it felt like okay to be kind of racist. I was mm-hmm. teaching tennis at the time and there was like this little girl that was picking up balls and I could hear their conversation, the 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 kids I was teaching, and they were like, um and the ki- the girl was like, Yeah, my mom said that the Packies did it. Ugh. And that was when I was like it, it there was like a change for me where I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't be because I, I really I being just like being gay, being brown when I was younger was just this thing that I would like glaze over because I wasn't even the cool brown. Like Indians, mm-hmm. like they like dance and like <laughs> drink and like Pakistanis are like Muslim and they pray mm-hmm. and like the the that whole game of being young and just wanting to fit in had me like not really talking about my ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that um, that moment sort of and and moments like that changed my perception of myself or like made me realize that like, oh no, like my family, none of my family is like a terrorist. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, I need to be more, I need to like be proud of who I am so that I can represent something different than what people think. Have you ever had an instance where someone said something nasty and then you've been like, hey, just so you know, I am Pakistani? Um... I can't in my mind think of it now, but I do remember I was on like, what are those things called when you're on a line and you're in a cart and it's like a ski lift sort of? Sure, yeah. It was like across Center Island in Mm -hmm. Toronto and um, some guy yelled across like, uh, you dumb packy to me, which was like, I couldn't believe how uh, accurate his slur (laughs) was where it's like, oh my God, no one can tell 
And in this quick time of like our passing carts, you've like managed to have so much, uh, <laughs> so many emotions and Jesus lucky Christ. guesses with who I am. People are awful. Uh, my mom was like very, very light skinned to the point where like people would think she was like mixed and stuff. And yeah. she used to say that like people would say things not knowing that she was black. Wow. And I think it's like when you're white passing, you have this privilege, but then also it like sucks because then people will just say whatever the fuck they want. And then you have to be like, hey, man. Uh, you're literally you're talking about me. You're talking. Yeah, about I think me. we're also we are heading into a time, or at least we work in a place where uh, people are becoming a little bit more awake to like what it, what is okay to say and what mm-hmm. is not okay to say. And uh, I guess like I feel like when I started doing comedy, it was like Russell Peters was like huge, and it was like very like racial humor was big, mm-hmm. and I think that that the like um, the side effect of that time is is like Ashton Kutcher pop chips, you know, like mm-hmm. brown face, like it's uh, funny when I do yes, this, you know, yes. which to a, a certain degree, it is funny to do fun, <laughs> different accents. Uh-huh. But I think now we're now we've cut up to a time where it's like post pop chips, Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher, where people are a little bit more like, uh, I don't want to get, joke. I don't want to get like racially me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find audiences more sensitive um okay i was just on a radio show where like the host was talking about um like audiences are way too sensitive these days like you know like you know Chappelle can't say this or that and it's it's like I, what i feel is like everyone just has uh a voice mm-hmm. and it's it's more clear because everyone has a platform for that voice mm-hmm. you don't have to have a podcast uh, you don't have to have a TV show. You can have a podcast. You don't have to mm-hmm. have a podcast. You can have just like your Facebook status and people are easily taggable. So all of those voices, all of those conversations that would naturally happen mm-hmm. um, back in the day are now happening at the forefront and it's jarring for people to hear uh, feedback on what they say. I feel like it's fine because the same people that are arguing that like everyone's a critic and we shouldn't be so sensitive and all of this is like mm-hmm. you're argue, but you also want, you also want to be able to be a critic as yeah. a comic. You're constantly like looking at things that are odd or different that mm-hmm. you have all sorts of opinions about. So why shouldn't someone have an opinion about your thing? I mean, an interesting th- thing with us, the show that we did, we were doing um, Nicole and I, a show called nasty women, mm-hmm. like right after the, it was the day, the day after Trump won. After Trump won. And it was supposed to be this like celebration, but it ended up being like a vigil. Mm-hmm. And we continued it and we raised a bunch of money for charity every time. And then eventually, I think it it just sort of felt like mm-hmm. that name that that it, we were beyond like yeah. cheekily saying nasty yes. women like and identifying with it. It mm-hmm. was it's like I want nothing to do with your slangs. Yeah. Uh, that um, was a wild show. It was wild and it was it felt really important and fun at the time. But, yeah. but the second show, the first show was this poster of um, Hillary Clinton in the nasty woman position mm-hmm. from her Rolling Stones from cover. From Janet Jackson's Rolling yeah. Stones cover and where then breasts the idea, are being held uh, by someone else's hand. Yes. And then the idea was uh, that it's like initially with the uh, Jenny Fine who made the poster who's awesome mm-hmm. – um, 
the idea was like important women. We'll do like important women. And then so the second show, I was like, hey, Jenny, do Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And so she did Michelle Obama. And as soon as it got online, there was like a lot backlash. of feelings, a lot of feelings that were completely fine to have. In the mm-hmm. moment, I was in the writer's room and like the poster was put up and I had like 150 notifications on Twitter and I was mm-hmm. like, well, well, this show's gonna be packed and then I saw it and it was all these people that were like, fucking white feminists, this is like the problem with you, objectifying our flotus and um, I I didn't know and I didn't ha- yeah, I, I in my experience did not know that that poster would be like received. As polarizing as it was. Yes. I and- personally didn't see a problem with it but I guess it was because I was involved with, with the show. The you show, knew, and you I knew the intention that, of the show. Yes, and, and it wasn't to degrade her or sexualize her or talk about her body. But on the flip side, it's like that's what a that's lot of people had just seeing. been doing. Yeah, and, and with the words, years. with the words, nasty, nasty woman, woman on yeah. it, and it, and it. Um, but that's an example, I think, where it's like, well, that was like definitely a learning experience for mm-hmm. me, and I'm not saying like. You know, I walk away from that being like, I was so bad. It's like mm-hmm. there are you don't have to be bad. You could just get it wrong and it's yeah. fine. So I took it down and uh, but we and we also like raised raised a bunch of money mm-hmm. for Planned Parenthood. But I think that's a po- I lo- I walk away from that thinking, well, that's a positive thing. Yeah, I, I didn't. It, it was... wasn't like it was like it's always not fun when you have like egg on your face and you're Mm -hmm. like well I got this lady to draw this thing and I felt (laughs) bad for her and it's interesting too that like you know within a reaction to something people will always want to make it sort of worse when you're Mm -hmm. feeling and and this idea that it was like this group of white women that were doing this there was not they said there was not one woman of color on the show which was like hilarious which is like we're all brown putting on the show (laughs) me was on it uh yeah, I've, Emily Heller may have been the only white woman on yeah. it. Yeah, it was just very interesting because people love to make assumptions like that. Um, me personally, I think audiences are a little sensitive uh, because I try to do fat material. Yeah, and it took me like six months to find out that shit wasn't working because people felt bad for me, and my whole thing was like. I, w- I wouldn't be, but then again, like you watch Nanette and, did yeah. you watch Nanette? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, so people listening, if you haven't seen Nanette, it's a wonderful Netflix special by Hannah Gatsby, I believe. Yeah. And she talks about like, like she honestly like deconstructs a joke. Yes. And tells you why, like there's tension, you release tension, blah, blah, blah. But like me talking about being fat is like not internalized hate. And yes. I only started writing fat jokes when I became happy with my body and at yeah. peace with my body. And the fact that people can't like laugh along with me was like mind boggling and hard. And I was just like racking my brain trying to figure out why these fucking jokes didn't work. And then one night I was like, oh, it's because they're looking at the person on stage who is fat and going, you don't have an ideal body and I'm sorry for you. And you're joking about it because you're sad about it too, and it's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, you feel very, you feel empowered by I it, feel and the very audience, empowered. and the audience feels like uh, sort of thrown by yes. it, thrown by your empowerment, yeah, because and they haven't been along for that journey. Very, it's been very interesting, 
And lately my responses have been pretty good because I've been trying to run this 30 minute stuff that I'm going to type. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited about it and I've been running it. And I'm so excited about it. I'm going to be in Montreal too. Oh, will you come yeah. to my show? Yeah, of course. Yay. I'm recording a special at Montreal and I'm so excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it's a half hour Netflix Ooh. special, baby. Yeah. And I've been running it and... I like did a weekend in West Nyack, New York, and this woman like tweeted at me and she was like, thank you for talking about being fat. I don't hear anyone talking about it. Do you t- do you talk about that on stage, that that process of because I think that would help mm-hmm. connect. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like open calling with, people out on it. Yeah. I open with people because people there was one show, actually a couple shows where I was doing my fat material and someone in the audience went, you're not fat, you're beautiful. And it's like, what are you And I was like, oh, oh, I know. I'm gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, my face is beat. I'm wearing a beautiful wig. I'm wearing a gorgeous outfit. You're now insulting me because you think I don't think I'm pretty. I'm yes. gorgeous. I'm drop dead yes. gorgeous. And I know it. And like I, I had just like, I've been on a journey of self love, and then for you to be like, "But like, you're not the thing that you are." You're people really do that gorgeous. all the time. People do that with like our baby now. People will like go out of their way to be like, you know, like I, I bet that baby's gonna love you too. And it's like, bitch, love you too. What, what are do you, you talking mean? about? But they're processing in their mind this thing that is different that they would feel different about. People do it with being gay oh, too. Of like, you, uh, you know, because you, you know, you're really pretty. Him? Like, you're really. You, just like processing people saying like you know you could be with just like people processing you your queerness mm-hmm. you're different and queerness is a broad thing of like anything that's mm-hmm. different um as hurdles that they need to jump over in their mind verbalized because they're too confident or something or like they think they have more ch- i don't know what what it is that makes people say mm-hmm. you're beautiful nicole you, you know you should know that it's like mm-hmm. of course i know I that know. I'm fucking walking around the stage in outfits that you wish you could wear with the and and just sold this like thing that I'm chatting about to Netflix four (laughs) times over. Like, what are you like? Yeah, like I'm doing fine. I have a pool. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that is how I've measured my success. Having a pool must feel. I wanted a pool growing up so bad. And my mother, we had enough land for a pool. And... We could have put one in. And then one night I was like, Mom, please, can we have a pool? And she said, we came to a decision, me and your father. We cannot have a pool. And I said, why? And she said, because I wouldn't want you to get in it with no supervision. But I wouldn't get in it with no supervision. Yes, you would. You would line up your stuffed animals and say, they were out here. And I was like, you're right. You are absolutely. In that moment, I was like, oh, my mom gets me. Like, there's my mom was uh, like born to be a mother and very much was like, there's nothing new under the sun that you can do that I haven't already seen Aww. because she helped raise like a couple of my cousins and stuff. And they were you an only her. child. Oh no, baby. No. I have an older sister, yeah. but you better believe she's the quietest person on this planet. <laughs> you sucked up all the chatter. Sucked it all up. Like she was born. She was like, life is good. And then I came and I said, is it? <laughs> Shut up while I do a four year monologue. Up. She, <laughs> now we'll be at our grandparents' house and my grandmother will be like, you guys hungry? And I'll be like, my sister will look at me because growing up I used to be like, no, or yes, I answered for her. I was on the phone with her recently and I said, Catherine, how would you describe yourself? And she was like, um, boring. 
like a small child, uh, very quiet. And I was like, Catherine, <laughs> you can't Your next comment coming to the stage, like very that. boring, small child, <laughs> uninteresting. Put your hands together for Nicole Byer's sister. <laughs> That's what she was known as in high school. Um, you, I think, posted now, I'm remembering a screen grab of you talking mm. to your sister. Your mom was going to name you guys what? She texted me and was like, our cousin Lisa said that Mom was going to name us Aquila or and Priscilla. Oh, my God. So good. I was like, I would have loved to have been Priscilla Byer or Aquila Byer. Aquila Byer, yeah. I would have loved to have been Aquila. Aquila Mockingbird, baby. <laughs> um, uh, how how long ago did your mom pass away? Names? My mother died when I was 16 years oh my old. Goodness. People have died at every milestone of my life. Really? 16 when my mom died, 21 when my dad died, <gasps> 18 when my grandmother died, uh, 25 when my godmother <gasps> died, and then at 30, like a bunch of uncles, like aunts and uncles. And that's obviously informed your life in different ways, but in one way, is it that you, are you like seizing the day a little bit more, or what do you? I seize the day. So after my mom died, I guess I didn't realize this until I like did a lot of therapy, yeah. but I spent a lot of time being like, whatever, life's too short, yeah. I'll hitchhike, I, I'll i drink myself stupid, I'll roam around New York. I put myself in danger yes. a lot because I was like, whatever. And then after my dad died, I was like, and I'd been arrested a couple times. Me uh, too. So then... Uh, I after my dad died, I was like, nobody's coming to pick me up. If I get arrested again, it's me. I'm now 21. I'll fucking go to jail if I keep being a fucking criminal. And what kind of criminal things? Oh, I loved stealing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. When I was younger, oh, I would loved it shoplifting. Was so fun, just like. Oh. Uh, it was like a video game. Yeah. Uh, but instead of climbing higher, it was just like all these sleeves. Uh-huh. I would stick all things in my sleeves, put things in my pockets, look where cameras were, see if I could get out of frame of that camera without being in the frame of another camera. Yeah, you were practicing for Nailed It. <laughs> <laughs> you were practicing yep. to shoot your yep. series. It was the opposite. I also came up with a foolproof way to steal. I so, thought that I did, but then I got caught. You tell me yours. Okay. So I would figure out where the cameras couldn't see me, put a shirt inside a shirt, a dress inside a dress, just like double put things on hangers, but make it look like there was only one thing in the hanger. Uh -huh. Go in the fitting room. Instead of three things, I have six things. Pop yes. the sensors off. Oh, wait. So I, I would bring three things that were double stuffed, one pair of pants with nothing in them. Pop the sensors off the three things that I wanted, put all of the sensors in the jean pocket, Ooh. give two shirts back, keep the jeans, keep one shirt, put the jeans on the rack, put the shirt on the rack. Where are the sensors? You can't prove that I stole anything. <laughs> I love this Thomas Crown affair <laughs> layered. My way was that I just would always have an excuse when I would, in my mind, I was like, oh, if I get caught, I'll just say that, like, I wanted to... Uh, well, in the it, the day that I did get caught, that day my excuse, I was with my dad, we were on our way to a tennis tournament mm -hmm. that I was playing in, and I obviously did not play well because I did get caught that mm -hmm. day that I did get caught. So we're leaving the grocery store. I have in my vest, up my vest, like a sleeve of gum, like one mm -hmm. of the like six packs of gum, and then in my pocket I have like a single gum. Um, And my excuse was always going to be if I got caught – I would just throw it on the 
uh, that I was like I was putting it in my pocket so that my dad didn't know that we were buying it, but that I was going to throw it on the belt last minute mm-hmm. as like a fun quirky. This is just a fun classic daughter <laughs> move. And but I never thought about an excuse of like, what if you get caught outside the store? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Like a Paul Giamatti type store manager was like, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, no. And uh, he finally I, I kept walking. My dad never assumed that that anything was that we would be the that. It, yeah, he wasn't in on the heist mm-hmm. on the gum heist. And uh, the the manager was like, excuse me, sir, your uh, daughter has something that belongs to us. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, f- went through the denial stage of uh-huh. like, of course not, Dad. Let's just go. This guy's just trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had this angle of where I was like, he's just mad because I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> I have my whole life ahead of me, and he's um, gonna die soon. Yeah, he's an old jealous <laughs> man. And then finally, he's like the gum, and I finally was like, okay. And I took out the single pack in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, that's not the gum I'm talking about. And my heart just ex- like started racing. And I ra- like an episode of Cops, I ran into the parking lot. Uh-huh. The man was chasing me. My dad was like, what is happening? <laughs> Who is my daughter? And I shook the gum out of- from under my vest and I kicked it under a car. Mm-hmm. And the man had run up to me before my dad. And I was like, please, sir, please, please. Just like, let me I'll go. I'll never come back into your store. I'll never steal again. Please, please, mm-hmm. please. And um, he looked under the car and he looked at me. And then my dad had caught up by this time. And he was like, your daughter's never allowed in the store again. And it was just like the most silent drive yeah. to tennis where oh, I just boy. like then like did not hit any shots at the, at the tennis game. That was the last time that I like, Stole, stole it. I was like, I got arrested done. twice at Old Navy. Yeah, BB stealing yes, affordable twice, things. Twice. Yeah, I'm banned from the Old Navy at 34th Street in Herald Square. Oh my god. Also arrested at uh, Macy's. Not allowed in the Macy's at Herald Square either. Yeah, I love being honest about these uh, rough, patchy, embarrassing things <laughs> because they exist. Yeah, and when I got arrested at uh, Macy's, they were putting me in a cop car, and my flip flop broke. Oh my god! Your and I was like, "But broke. my flip flop!" <laughs> they were like, "You're a criminal!" And I was like, "Can you stop shoving me in this car?" Oh my god! Yeah. So you stopped then after your dad passed away? Yes, because I was like, nobody's going to bail Come me get out. Me. Uh, we used to play a game called Grandma. What's in your bag? We would get back to the car, and I'd pull out everything I stole. <laughs> Uh, and I had this big old Navy shopping bag that I would just be dropping oh things God, into. Yeah. And they'd go in the fitting room and make sure there was no... Then they got sneaky. Uh, they started putting those uh, sticker sensors on tags. Ooh. And I was like, you're not going to get me. What'd you do? Peel them sticker off. Sticker book? Make a little sticker book Peel and leave, them it, off. leave it at Old Navy. Stick them under the, uh, the bench. <laughs> I loved stealing. Sabrina, I it have a was, question. Yeah. It was like supermarket sweep. It was a fun game. And when you're young, you don't think about any of the, you know, you don't no. think about the big stuff. You're just like, I don't have a job. This is my job. This is my job. I want to steal. I used to steal food. I used to I used to I was fill up a bag like of gum, chocolate bar kind of girl. Oh no, groceries. Like fucking oh, apples, pita chips, like Ooh, just like filling a bag and then being like, "I dare you to say something." And then walk <laughs> out. Sabrina. Yeah. 
Are we winding down? Yeah. Oh my god. Here's a question. Yeah. Would you date me? I would a hundred percent date you, and yes! I feel like we'd have fun. We would go in those swan paddle boats uh, in Echo Park. Then we'd go have like a fun dinner, cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a dang treat. Well, if okay. I've got to leave, tell me one more secret. One more secret? That's been the theme of this pod, I think. Let's see. I guess very tall, thick, masculine, aggressive women make me tingly. Oh. <laughs> All right. I guess that's a secret. I think I like was thinking tall, about it. I was like, thick, what is my type of like lady? Women. Yeah, you definitely need a butch person if you're a Vin Diesel craving uh-huh. to fill that Vin Diesel craving. But like, I like, I guess, short hair too. Maybe long hair? But yeah. Like, <laughs> I like being hit on hard. All right. That okay. makes me like, oh. I'm going to a queer thing this afternoon. I'm going to look for the What's tall a thick. queer thing? It's a like a cue? fundraiser like a or something at uh, in Highland Park. Oh, okay. I'll find a tall thick woman or maybe she'll find me in my backyard if you know what I mean in terms of tying that story back to the end of the (gasps) okay I love it I do have to go I'm the one to end it Sabrina yes do you have anything you want to promote I wanted you to just go to Netflix episode 6 of the lineup watch it and uh, follow me on Instagram I've been getting so many new followers and it's so you are yeah that's good I'm getting nice attention yeah that's I got nice. 3,500 Instagram followers. Damn, girl. In one week. I mean, not in total. I have more. Nope, I started that's with it. Some. That's all you have. You started <laughs> your Instagram last week. You only have uh, 3,500. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I like attention. Mm-hmm. Like someone we know. Mm-hmm. Okay, final song. Okay. Um, thank you for Thank you, thing. thank you, thank you. Thanks, bye, bye, Sabrina. Sabrina. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. my friend. And I'm so happy she's here. here. Nicole what a treat to be here. I'm happy Everybody loves her. There's cold brew on draft. There's kombucha on draft. I said draft weird twice, so it's not a mistake. <laughs> well, if you like, why won't you date me? Please subscribe. Um, and if you leave an iTunes review of something filthy, I will read it. This person is FNDA. Uh, the title of this review says, Taking a Bath. They gave me a nice five star review. It says, I want to slip and slide into that puss and splish splash till I drown. So that person wants to die in my pussy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest.
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 